This week's episode of I Was a Teenage Film Snob is not brought to you by grace or maturity. Teenage Film Snob, I'm James Chalmers, your friendly neighborhood film snob. And guys, it is, uh, <laughs> I can't even get through it without laughing. I did a promo for this earlier and I was laughing the whole way through because I'm an immature teenager. It's episode 69. And for some reason, even though I'm in my, I'm almost middle age, I still find that number funny. Uh, so because of that, we're going to celebrate and we're, we're not going to have a raunchy episode, but we're going to get a little bawdy and talk about some movies that are a little bit naughtier than usual. Um, a little bit Put more fun as well. Back in. <laughs> well, you've just heard who the guest is. Uh, this week, and this is even weirder, like I'm not talking to someone my age about these movies. Uh, I'm talking uh, to my old man, to my dad, Graham Chalmers. Welcome back to the show. How are you today? <laughs> I am sensational. Oh, man. I, I, I'm I am so absolutely silly. Am, I am so amazing. I looked in the mirror this morning. And I said to the mirror, I didn't know what to say. Uh, Speechless. Speechless, yes, yes. Now I'm looking forward to this because I I was doing some homework on it. I'm going, wow. You were the first first one. um, About five weeks ago, I think it was, I realized that the the episode was coming up. I was like, oh, I'm going to be really immature. And we're going to talk about like – Teen comedies, like sex comedies, coming of age movies, like all that sort of thing. And I was like, and like, it's just a dumb joke, but let's, let's do it. And I put it out there, like, hey, who wants to talk about this movie? And like, within two minutes, you were like, I'll do it. You were the first person to get to it. (laughs) And after that, no one else, they're like, you know what? He's got it covered. Um, (laughs) You were so eager to do it. So, um, so we're going to have you on and and talk about, because we haven't really talked about a lot of comedies either on the show. It's been very much driven by, uh, you know, the decades that movies came out in or, you know, we've done some horror stuff for Halloween. We did the Apocalypse series, End of the World movies, but we haven't mm-hmm. done it. We haven't done a real focus on comedies and we are going to get there. Um, but this, you know, we are almost 70 episodes in and we haven't touched the genre of comedy exclusively yet. So um, it went well. And you've got to be very careful how you touch. <laughs> the subjects. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I can't see you. I've got this stupid thing in front of me. The meeting is being recorded. I know that. Get off the screen. For those uh, who are wondering what's going on, my dad is using his iPhone, his iPad, and his iMac for today's episode, and he has been perplexed by pop-ups. I can't. Uh, I can't get anything. Yeah. Anyway, I can't see your face, James. I. I. Love this. And one of the things that really um, got my imagination going about this was that most of the stuff that is interesting to talk about, you weren't born for. Well, we were messaging the other the other night and um, I was just giving the heads up. I'm like, hey, look, we're going to go ahead Friday if, you, if you're good to go. Um, and I was like, so just you know, think about your list. And in true you style, you texted me your list one movie at a time, as you always do. <laughs> and uh, and this morning I was looking over the messages and I was like, oh, he only sent me four. And there was like a glaringly obvious one missing. 
And so I, I was, I'm sure it's going to be on his list, but I'll give him a little nudge. And I was, <laughs> so I said, I won't talk about it now. We'll get to your list shortly. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm surprised this wasn't on there. And you're like, oh, we'll wait and see. Because, yeah, a lot of the movies on your list are before my time. There are a few that aren't. Um, but I, I guess, you know, there's – when we talk about sex in cinema, um, it changes – I guess the approach to it in film changes each decade. Um, you know, like up until the 60s, you pretty much wouldn't see it at all in cinema. Um, it was, you know, very, very sanitized, very much, you know, very, very, you know, kind of, you couldn't even talk about it. You had to use euphemisms and even then you couldn't really. And then the 60s, obviously with the sexual revolution, you start seeing it more and more in cinema. And then the 70s, it gets a little funkier, um, you know, <laughs> it gets a little bit freer. Um, and then the 80s is, you know, kind of that, you know, we, we did a whole series on the 80s where it's this kind of era of excess and um, selfishness and, and plastic and colour and, you know, a lot of kind of fake personality and, like, the way that sex is portrayed in cinema in the 80s is different again. And then I don't – I'm trying to think of any obvious ones in the 90s. Like, there's, there's one glaringly obvious um, teen comedy from the 90s, which I'm sure will come up in, on someone's list today. But I thought the 90s was a bit of a dark patch and then in the 2000s it kind of got – Reborn. It had a couple of iterations in the 2000s because you had, you know, this wave of movies kind of launched by American Pie and Road Trip and stuff like that. And they were, look, there's some problematic films, to be honest. And then in the, the second half of the 2000s, you get kind of the Judd Apatow era where you get movies like 40-Year-Old Virgin and, um, and Knocked Up where they kind of embrace the silliness of those 80s comedies. But instead of, like, it being about guys chasing women... And, and men succeeding. It's guys chasing women and they end up looking a bit stupid, which I really like because I feel like that's very natural and very realistic. Um, but what are your thoughts? I just kind of went on a, an analytical spiel there for a second. It's very good. Now, look, I tell you, the thing that's... Um, the way I see it, um, probably America has handled it differently to Australia. Definitely. Um, and, and to the difference to the UK as well. Correct. And so uh, it's almost like you've got the kindergarten in Australia and you've got the craziest in America um, and and England. Um, it just, it just sets, it, uh, sets itself up to get knocked down in a mm. fun way. Um, and, and Britain does it beautifully because they actually put the humour back into it and everything's fun. Yeah, I mean, I used the word bawdy before, and I really think about, like, when I use that word, I think about UK, I think of, you know, TV programs like Benny Hill, um, or like the, the Carry On franchise, um, yeah, or, kind of, or even some of the Monty Python stuff, but it, it is like, it's cheeky, um, yeah. but it's never, yeah. it's never really in your face, and it's never yeah. like gratuitous, um, it's always done, I wouldn't go so far as that it's classy, but it's done in a way where it's making fun of itself, and it's not you know, trying to, it's not too aggressive. Whereas depending on the film and the filmmaker in America, they can make that, that boardiness work or it can be a little bit, a little yeah. bit much. You know, it can get a little bit too much. It's probably a bit much in America. It know. depends. There are some that I think pull it off quite well. There's Sometimes, movie- right. American Pie is probably just on the edge. Um, oh, that's that, that. I mean, American Pie is a very problematic movie today, but <laughs> I've got a, I've got a couple of. In fact, I think all of my films are American, actually, on my list. So, but we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Um, but the thing is, like, um, 
I was thinking about this because the first movie in Australia that I can recall only after I saw it, um, I took my mum and dad to and was called Ryan's Daughter and a couple of boobs came out in the middle of the show and go, <laughs> well, I know she got them, but for goodness sake. Um, so that was sort of um, something I wasn't prepared for in the sense that it wasn't big in in movies in Australia at the time. So is um, that is that now you you might be able to recall better than I do because I have a pretty good understanding of Australian exploitation films um, thanks mm-hmm. to a couple of really great documentaries. Is this is Ryan's daughter pre Alvin Purple? I know you're not a huge fan of Alvin Purple, but I know that was very much a kind of yeah pre yeah okay so before that even because yeah. Alvin Purple for those who don't know it's it's kind of like an Australian Austin Powers, but way yeah, more no, graphic. Yeah, doing it. No, that's, that's it, Australian Austin Powers. But, um, like, Austin Powers, you know, is very euphemistic and very, you know, it, it, again, it gets cheeky. It gets, and that's, that's an American film as well. It's very cheeky. It's very yeah. bawdy, but it never crosses the line where I also haven't seen Alvin Purple. I've seen some clips, you know, from documentaries, and it doesn't really – it doesn't really hide anything. So you know what? We're just going to go for it. Yeah, it's not going to hide anything and it's not very intelligent. <laughs> you laugh. Yeah. You, only need to, you only ever need to watch it once and that's enough. Yeah, for sure. You know what? Like some of the – like um, there are other shows that the content of the show is good, but yeah. Alvin Purple is not one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it was a rush to get on the screen to make some money. Yeah, rather than anything else. I mean, you had a TV series that had full nudity in it. Is that number 96? Uh, number 96. That's it. Okay, so I just – before people think that I'm some kind of crazed maniac who just knows all the Australian sex shows, um, there's a really wonderful documentary um, that came out about 10 years ago called Not Quite Hollywood, and it's the story of um, the Australian exploitation scene. It's wonderful. Uh, if people haven't seen this documentary, I highly recommend it. I think it's on Netflix. I've got it on Blu-ray because I must. Um but basically, it talks about like the rise of exploitation cinema in the 70s and 80s in Australia, and Alvin Purple's covered in it, number 96. Um, but it's not just the it's not just the exploitation stuff, but um, the horror stuff. Um, it's a really great documentary. So that's how I know about all these things because I, I wasn't alive for these shows, and I'm sure Dad's like, "How do you know about number 96?" Um, I'm trying to think of the woman who was married to. Darren Hinch, Jackie Weaver. Yeah, Jackie Weaver, who's gone on to some really wonderful stuff. She was in well, she's, um, she's, only, she's actually come out to become an actress um, because she did need to get her boobs out. Um, um, yeah, if you've ever seen Animal Kingdom, Jackie Weaver's in Animal Kingdom and she's wonderful. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's been in a bunch of stuff, but like that's to me is my go to Jackie Weaver performance. Yeah, don't, don't worry about the other ones because I think she was size 48 or something. <laughs> yeah. Goodness gracious, mate. But she was in all those things, and because she was, you know, um, she was pocketable, pocketable, you know, that was money in the bank. Um, because she had big boobs. Yeah. Um, it's not my thing, but and I don't have big boobs. But um, in case you hadn't seen, everything is gone now. The waste. Oh goodness. So um, as far as that goes. Um, once again, it's a bit like you have to get something out on the screen um, to 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 become marketable, you know. And you've seen since then, like things like 
oh, James, tell me the story, name of the, the movie with uh, Margot Robbie. Um, Which, I mean, she's done, a, she's done a couple, old Margot, she's done one or two. Um, yeah, the, the latest one, which goes for about three hours. Oh, um, Babylon? Yeah. That's great. I talked yeah. about Babylon with uh, with someone earlier this year um, because yeah. I love the filmmaker. Like, he, he made Whiplash and made La La Land as well. Babylon was slaughtered by the critics when it came out, but it is. I think it's going to be one of those films that ages like wine. I think it's just, it was a little bit ahead of its time. It's yeah. such a wonderful movie. It's so entertaining. I think one of the problems that people have with movies, if they haven't got big boobs, all of a sudden they have when they go in the movie. I don't, I don't know if that's a modern problem. <laughs> I don't think people care about no. that so much. It was a big part of the 80s uh, and big part of the 90s. Um, but... No, but what I'm saying is that there are some actresses that um, you don't need to see them out of clothes to know that they maybe don't have large breasts. But when they come on the movie, you know, they've grown in a half an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm okay. entertained. <laughs> explain and explain. Okay, so when when they do when they do photo work. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Okay, yeah. um, there was a big controversy around this in I want to say 2004. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're still doing it now so much, but it was huge in the, in the like in the 2000s. I know exactly what you're talking about Kira Knightley, who was in uh, Love Actually and Bender Like yeah. Beckham. Wonderful yeah. actress, um, quite a petite actress, very slender frame. Um, yeah. She was in a movie called King Arthur, and yeah. in the poster, um, yeah, like she, yeah, like and she's not shy about it. Like she's she's very like she's very slender, very lean, um, not a not a busty woman at all. Um, until you saw the poster for King Arthur, in which case she had <laughs> a set of uh, breasts that was certainly not hers, uh, and she like yeah. she was out. I mean, she was outraged, and she came out. Yeah. She was like, "It's ridiculous." Um, which good on her because most most actresses I don't think really do you know I mean not that they have to like there's no pressure there to go and do it but I thought it was, I was really impressed that she kind of took the stand and be like hey like, just, just let me be me more more and more actresses are actually holding their own on that I mean I think they've realised that you don't have to be persuaded and and it probably goes back to the days some of these people who manage their stars demand them that they do it so that mm. You know, for no no greater reason, but um, yes. So, what were we what were we talking about? Jackie Weaver. Uh, Jackie no, Weaver. we were. Uh, we were. No, yeah. I was asking you. Um, I kind of was talking about like the history of sex through cinema and how the attitudes and representations have changed a lot. Um, now we're not just talking about sex and cinema. We're talking about comedies. We're talking about coming of age comedies in particular, but mm-hmm. also um, teen sex comedies and stuff like just. Again, just to mix up, we've really not. This has really been an area we've not talked about at all in the podcast. It's like a good opportunity to talk about it. Um, what was some? Obviously, you got your list. We won't go to your list just yet. Mm-hmm. But what were some go-to's or some popular ones in your time? Like what were kind of like if you think back to when you were going to the movies, you know, kind of in your te- teens, you know, twenties, that sort of thing. What were some of the big titles that kind of really stand out to you as the go-to um, defining films of, of that? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm very tired. I apologise, everyone. What films? What are kind of those definitive teen movies of your era? That's what I'm trying I, to say. I think they covered two, two or three areas. One was music. Yep. Yeah, so, of course. So you know, you had um, hair. You had hair. 
Mm-hmm. You had no hair, which I've got. You had <laughs> always room for a joke. It was a joke. Also, um, you had the Beatles had the Magic Mystical uh, Mystery Tour. Mm-hmm. They had um, the uh, um, oh, it'll come. Um, so the, the you know um, the who? Mm-hmm. Who they had a very big. Um, uh, movie. Is that uh, um, Quadrophenia? Quadrophenia. Um, and that eventually turned into um, to the one with Elton John in it, which would be, James? A movie starring Elton John? Yes. Oh, I'm not sure. He had high heels on and um, boots. I'm not no? sure. No, I'm not sure. No? All right. I'll leave it with you for a second. The music's unbelievable. The one thing with The Who, uh, it's a bit like um, uh, Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. None of their music um, is like anyone else's music. Mm. Um, and when they write stuff, they're actually writing something because they want something to be outstanding yeah you know leave it in uh leave it in history so i mean they did sing about hobbits but the music is unbelievable true (laughs) like like there are a lot of lord of the rings lyrics in led zeppelin songs (laughs) but the music itself is quite good what about if i say um uh, i was a young boy uh played the silver screen making sense no um, the pinball wizard. Pinball wizard. I um, look. I'll be honest. Like my classic rock or my pre seventies rock is not great. I would even say my pre eighties rock is not great. Um, and for the longest time, I thought pinball wizard was a different song. Like recently, I heard a song on the radio. It was probably about a couple of months ago. And I said to Tina, "I'm like, oh, turn it up, pinball wizard." And she looked at me, rolled her eyes. She goes, "This isn't pinball wizard, James." Like she goes, "They never haven't mentioned pinball once." And I was like, "Okay, fair enough." <laughs> I was uh, I got it confused with um, oh, and this is gonna be like this is gonna show my my lack of cred here. It was um, you know the one that's like out in the street. I thought that was Pinball Wizard. It's not, <laughs> but that's okay. No, and, and look, you know I've got about thirty years on you, um, and like yeah. it, the, the the reality is, and this is one of the things that you need to remember with your children. One is that children. Um, one, yes, that's right. <laughs> I, uh, you know, from a very young age, that I'd put music on in the car to school. Um, oh yeah, we we used to thump along. And the thing is that I, I love music. Mm. Um, there's no denying that you know it's something that means a lot to me. And and. We don't have that kind of music inspiration like we did before. And it's more about other things going on. I mean, Queen's done more for revitalising music than anyone. Mm. You, know, you sit back and thinking one guy's died um, and it's it's more popular than ever. And, mm. and there's, you know, uh, I love Eminem. You know, and um, I don't buy them very often because the chocolate's not good for you. Uh, zing. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just letting uh, the just letting the audience know that the zingometer is gonna gonna break tonight for all those puns. Well, you know that Zoe. I mean, I think you know this. Oh. She, well, yes, you do know she's getting into Kiss. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, just like Spider Man, did not come from me. Like whenever I talk about a people like Gaia, you you showed it to her. No, yeah. Kiss played the grand final a few weeks ago. Oh, I guess a month yeah. ago now. And yeah. Zoe was like, "Who are these seventy-year-old men in makeup and leather? And where can I get more of this?" Um, and so she's been going. She's been getting way into Kiss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like from an early like since she's been born, I haven't like you know. We've done Wiggles and we've done like nursery rhymes and stuff, but we'll always mix it up with our own music. Obviously, we'll make sure it's nothing too. I mean, I said too inappropriate, but she's listening to Kiss, which is yeah, <laughs> all all about sex, which brings us back to tonight's topic. Um, but she doesn't know that. We don't need to explain that to her for a couple of no, years. It's all good. And I um, think sometimes we 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 over elaborate on things for the people, you know. We don't need to. Um, I mean, half the stuff that, you know, we used to listen to at my age was just the music. Yeah. You never listened to the words until a bit later. Yeah, otherwise it's all about hobbits, so. Correct. And the thing, so a lot of people were into the words and now the people just love the music because the music did it for them. So Mm. sometimes, and the thing, that the different thing that you experienced uh Against me, I grew up in a time where we used to wear shorts and socks uh, and a shirt to school. Mm. Okay. When I went to school, just naked. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah, we used to do it all the time. And um, and the teacher said, oh, a bit short on clothes. No, they're just short Um, because I got short. (laughs) Another good one, but you missed it. The the thing is that – um, we we grow up in different eras and then we have to just sort it out. It's a bit like having uh, Ryan's daughter with a couple of boobs hanging out that we've never confronted for and all of a sudden boobs are on the movies. Yeah. Um, you go into in summer um, at um, Flinders Street and there's, there's bouncing going on um, <laughs> quite a lot of the times and I'm sitting... Where's the truck that's causing that? You yeah. know, and um, but you know, different girls have different different ideas, um, and and there's no point. What staggers me, in, uh, invariably, is that all of a sudden, these things that have been hidden behind material are obscene, and yet. They weren't obscene when babies were hungry. Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, look, I agree with you. It's not obscene at all, but you will get those sticklers who are who are offended by that as well, which is ridiculous. No, you're quite right. And there's there's a balance. But the, at the end of the day, I mean, there will come a point in time where it'll just disappear because all those people who are that old won't be around anymore. I don't think it's an age thing. Like, it's, I mean, look, it's definitely think, an age thing. To, uh, no, I don't think it's – I think – Age is part of it, but I think yep. there's there's a conservative movement as well, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and without getting too political or like, you know, getting to it like, you know, depending on where your politics lie or, you know, your religious beliefs, like some people will, due to the words in a book or, mm-hmm. you know, due to, you know, the way they're raised, will find, will find things offensive. Um, you know, and so I, you I can't I, imagine Julie Bishop at Flinders Street. 
<laughs> I, honestly, I don't even know. I mean, I know she's in government, but I couldn't pick her out in a lineup. If there was, I think she was the assistant deputy prime minister or something in one stage, a bit like the the uh, premier here yeah. when they, they did something um, and they put crosses through her parts that were in cartoon form. Um, people are sensitive. You're right, James. And see, that's the thing is that. Um, it's how you're perceived. And here we have a cartoon of someone and it's not, it's irreverent, but it's not rude. Um, so there's all these little things that are going on and um, and it just depends who who is making it. And the thing is, so when you're talking about are you fasting? Yes, I am. Thanks very much. Um, when you've, um, back in the, the 60s, 60s, 70s and 80s when, you know, boobs were being flashed around everywhere, you don't necessarily have it now. But, in fact, in movies you see it more. Mm. Um, one, one thing I've noticed um, quite a bit, I would say, in the last 10 years maybe, maybe maybe the last five years, maybe last 10 years is, and I think it comes with the rise of movies like 40 year old virgin and, and super bad and stuff like that, that, that with the wave of like the men being the idiots in the films, which as I said, I really like that. Like going back and watching road trip, the premise of road trip for those, who, I think I've talked about in the show before is that a guy cheats on his girlfriend and videotapes it. And then he accidentally mails it to her. So the whole film is him trying to get to her and stop the video from getting to her. So his relationship doesn't end. And he's the hero in the movie. And I was like, why are we celebrating this? Like, this guy's a jerk. But now in cinema, the guys are idiots and they're lovable because they just, they just, you know, they would do anything just to like kiss a girl, for, you know, for the night or something like that. Um, but in the last few years, I've noticed that they've been turning down the, the female nudity and upping the male nudity. So it's almost on par and they're making men, Instead of women being humiliated, which was a big part of the early 2000s, which is really tough to watch now, it's men being humiliated, which for some reason should be equally tough, but I just find it funny. Like there's a movie that came out about eight years ago called Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. I don't know if you've seen this one. Um, And there's a scene where the bride goes in for a massage and it's just Kumail Nanjani, um, who was in The Big Sick and a bunch of other things. And his style of massage is he just puts a... (laughs) I'm going to lose it. He just puts a load of like massage oil on his butt and just massages people with his naked butt. And I think it's really funny. And I was like, yeah, see, you're laughing. It's a great little flick. And um, yeah, I like that they, um, I, I like that they're, they're trying to find that balance. And they're trying to do it a bit more. Um, look, I'll never say no to nudity in a film. Like, I, you know, people want to be titillated. They want to be excited. They want to be exposed to, you know, what they don't see every day. Um but uh, I think that balance is, is quite good. They're bringing it back, and it's not just naked women in films. The, um, who was I thinking about just then? Kamal Nanjani with his with his oily butt. I thought it was Margot Robbie again, but it wasn't. I think it just depends whether it's humorous or not. And there, that's a really good point. That's a really good point, actually. I like that. You can get away with a lot if it's funny, yeah. 
if it's entertaining. And obviously yeah. funny and entertaining are subjective, um, you know, because your sense of humor is going to be different to my sense of humor to someone else's sense of humor. And what you find entertaining is going to be different to other people as well. But I agree. Like, and I think back to, you know, comedians like George Carlin, who was always ahead of his time and often kind of um, people turned their nose up at him because he would go vulgar, but he was always funny. Mm. Um, you know, like the seven words you can't say on television is still funny today. And that's a 40, 50 year old bit. Yeah. Um, so, and again, if you don't like swearing, you're probably not going to find it very funny. But if you're okay <laughs> with swearing, it's very yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a, I think that's a really good point. You know, if it is funny, um, yeah, you can get away with quite a bit. Yeah, and I think um, Americans have done it reasonably well. It, it's, it probably at the time could have been said to be gratuitous, you know, like American Pie. Um, but they got away with Blue Murder. Yeah. I can't Especially that first one. I haven't watched the, the series in a while. I, I imagine... I imagine two and three hold up a bit better than one um, because in one there is a scene where everyone apparently in the film watches a girl get undressed on a webcam and she doesn't know that webcam's there and that's meant to be funny yeah. and like if you try to yeah. do that today you'd be like oh my goodness like this is a crime like why aren't they stopping why are they looking after this poor girl in the second one she ends up kind of being in a relationship with the character of Jim and she's not like it's kind of he ends up getting humiliated, which is good. Is that the one with the funny voice? Um, Jim is. And sometimes um, you don't, and uh, you know, like she has interruptions in her conversation. Oh yeah, she's um she's the foreign exchange student. Um, I think her name is yeah. Um, she's she's the actress is Shannon Elizabeth. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Very very funny woman. Um, but yeah, so she's the one like um, I can't remember. The, I can't remember the dialogue. It's been so long since I've seen American Pie. Um. But I imagine, yeah, if I think back to them, I haven't seen them in a long time. I imagine two and three probably hold up a little bit better than one because one, yeah, that scene is is troublesome, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. The, uh, the other thing with it too is that um, it's one of the few um, series that hold up in that sense because they've got the same characters right through. Mm. And I mean, it's not—it's not a movie marvel. It's—it doesn't hit that doesn't hit the heights. But the thing is that the story is matching. Um, so, if you know what I mean, like the same people are basically in it, um, and it's the theme of or the thread of the story sort of goes on into the next episode or the next. Yeah, you know. it definitely. Like, I'm trying to think of comedy franchises before that, like that had like multiple sequels. Um, and I can't think of too many. I'm sure there are people listening to this who are screaming at me being like, you idiot. Like, like my go-to is Police Academy. Like there's like seven or eight of those. Yeah. Like that's quite a long one. And like Naked Gun had a couple of movies. But again, like it's, you're actually, it's, you're right. Like it's actually quite unique for comedies mm. to franchise. Yeah. But they don't really do it. Like you'll see it with action films or horror movies, but not so much with comedies. They did it, they've done it with Jumanji. Um, yes. Very and well with really, really well. And the other one, Flying High. I have, do you know, I've never seen Flying High part have two. You? No, I've never seen part no. two. Um, because I don't think the, the characters don't return, do they? Or maybe they, they sort of return. Maybe it's because yeah. Lizzie Nielsen isn't in the second one. Because 
<laughs> when we when I grew up, like you raised us watching Leslie Nielsen films. Yeah. It's interesting you like you're talking before about like people being sensitive and people like being conservative. Yeah. And I felt, always felt we grew up in a somewhat conservative household. And I don't mean politically speaking. Um, but for example, like we had a very staunch no violence, no swearing rule in our house with movies and TV and video games. But if people took their clothes off, there was no no one cared. That <laughs> was fine. Um and um, I always I would think of it as Flying High. I always imagine Flying High. That's I always remember it as a Leslie Nielsen film. He's only in it for about five minutes, but I always yeah. think of it as a Leslie Nielsen film uh, because he was the actor I recognised from Naked Gun and um, it's, and everything It's interesting else. you say that because, like, some franchises, you know it because of, like, Flying High, you know who's in it. You know, mm. you've got the pilot who's had a really bad war injury and... And um, yeah, I can't remember the actor's name now. I've got to look it up. I know that it's, I know the girl is Julie Haggerty. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember who played the, the main, the main man. The main man. Up. Again, people are yeah. listening to this being like, you idiot. It's, you know, so. Ring is like zero, 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 zero. Robert Hayes. Robert Hayes. Did someone text you? No, no, I looked it up. Um, I looked it up on my phone because I needed to know the answer. And I, was, I would never in a million years have guessed Robert Hayes. I wouldn't have known that. Um, yeah. And, 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 like, that very first show was, you know, jumping out of the, out of the tower and, and what have you. That's – there's, there's a guy I used to work with um, a couple of years back. Um, he was – I think when we started working together, he was just about to turn 50. So he was obviously a little bit older than me. Um, but he kind of grew up in that era, so he'd seen those comedies. So we used to uh, – when I told him I'd seen Flying High, he, it blew his mind. He's like, you've seen Flying High? I'm like, I was raised on it. You know, you know, Roger, Roger, what's our over-under? Clearance, Clarence? And, like, he would, he would you know. <laughs> and those those films really defined, like, the satire, those spoofs. That I don't think they've ever come close to that kind of humour again. Like, Scary Movie, I think, did quite a good job. But since then, like, it's very hard to do good satire. Um, and I, I watched think, Scary Movie last night. Did you really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did because I wasn't quite sure whether I'd, you know, review a scary movie or not because um, it's – It does fall under the umbrella. Like I, I would it definitely pop it It does fall under the umbrella, but it's one of those things. I might have to do a, a, a kitchen table where anything I didn't get out will go on the kitchen table I looked at. But the uh, did you like that? I just made that up. I enjoyed it. Oh, I did too. There's no food on the table, so it was a bit disappointing. The thing um, – when you go back and look at things, uh, there are things that just slip through the net, you know, and you're going, oh, I can't believe that. That's amazing. And um, But it's also like the quality of the stuff done in those days. You know, when you look at anything done by SNL, yeah. it has got a stamp on it. You just yeah. know SNL. And the thing is you go, yeah, that's them. Um, They've done a couple in the last. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm sure they're still making movies. Yeah. I, I can't think of what I mean. The last SNL film I saw that I loved was called Popstar. Um, and that's. Um, it's got Andy Samberg from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, and he plays. Um, like this. this rap, he plays a rapper. Like it's a fake. It's a mockumentary about a rapper. It's kind of like Spinal Tap for rap. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, very funny. <laughs> like it's really good. Um, Anything he's in, I'll, I'll kind of get to my stamp of approval as well. Like he did Hot Rod. That was also an SNL film. Um, yeah. And that was a lot of fun as well. Um, 
But yeah. Yeah, no, there's and so so that then brings me to my Yeah, let's jump into your list. We'll do we'll go one at a time. So you do your number five, then I'll do my number five and we'll 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 work down the list together. But yes, what's your number five? Well, I'm gonna say American Pie. Okay. We've already talked about it, but to me, this is um there's two characters in this show. There's a heap of them, but there's two main characters. And the the thing that I liked is the dad. Yeah, Eugene Levy is wonderful. He's, he's so amazing. good. He's amazing. I sit there and he goes when he walks in the bedroom. He goes, um, just the just the real. He's so enthusiastic. He's so loving. He just wants to explain everything to his son, and it's like <laughs> the worst possible scenario. I will say this about American Pie. And I will let you continue. If it weren't for that one scene, I don't think I don't think I'd have anywhere near as many problems with those two. I think that one scene really makes it tough to watch. But aside from that, you know, all the bo- you know all the you know the boys kind of you know kind of building rapport with so that's quite good and the group of girls is quite good um yeah. and it is at its heart a love story like this film series does end with two of them getting married yeah. um so yeah um yeah think, eugene levy is fantastic <laughs> he's really I think, good <laughs> i think my only point now that i'm 72 mm-hmm. um is that a lot of these things aren't discussed mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would never talk about boobs unless they were in front of you. <laughs> uh, well, if you're a teenage boy, I can. Uh, I, as a former well, teenage boy, no, maybe, I can. I can guarantee. It, like I hadn't seen a pair in real life at all, but it was frequently part of my my conversations. <laughs> what do you think they look like? <laughs> what do you think they like? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I uh, look. I'm probably in that situation now. I don't know whether. <laughs> It's been such a long time. I um, anyway, that's another story. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I knew the risks when I did this. Okay, <laughs> keep going. American Pie. Oh my goodness! Anyway, did they ever use the song "American Pie" in those movies? I feel like they didn't. What's that? So the song "American Pie" by Don McLean. Did they ever play that song in any of those movies? No. Yeah, no, I didn't think they did. It'd be inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose. Um, so what else do you like about American Pie? Um, obviously, Eugene Levy, King, great, so funny. Um, um, I, think, I think from the point of view of um, we do go around in groups, you know, you're mm-hmm. either in a group or you're not in a group, um, and, you know, it, it's typical. America is a lot different. Absolutely, every time you see something on TV – it's almost total opposite of what you would experience in Australia. Mm. And uh, I was talking to someone, I think I was talking to someone, talking about um, the difference between Australia and America and she loved Australia Mm. because it wasn't like America. Yeah. And that, that, that goes for movies, for finding that there was taps where you could get water on the side of the street, all the all the very little things that are important to us. Sometimes we're a little bit, you know, backward, but um, we both have the same problem. We assume 
that that's that. Like how many times do you see an advertisement for Australia and then you'll get some character on TV, which there is at the moment, going around, I don't want to go to Australia, it's dangerous. Yeah, I've had to have that conversation with a couple of my American friends. I've got a couple yeah. who are like, they want to come down, but they're worried about all the spiders and snakes. And I said yeah. to them, I said, I saw a snake in the, I've seen this, this year, for the first time in my life, I saw a snake in the wild. It took 34 years to get there. And yeah. most, of the, like, most of the nasty stuff is nowhere near like civilization. Yeah. But it's because they're influenced by pop culture. Like, it's just like how when I went to America, I was expecting all the food to be really trashy, low quality, and every meal I had was wonderful. It's just so we... This is it. This is the problem. And, you know, usually if you want to see someone from America, you know, in an advertisement, um, by their own by their own camera work, they go around looking for the most grossest person that you could find and that's what they're throwing at you, which mm. is totally wrong, totally wrong. But, you know, if it is, if it is I mean, it's a bit like it's we we are cast in a mould of what's thrown at us. If we accept what we hear, then we're no better than the mould. Because um, you know, I I'm fairly agitated at times because of the way things are done, and um, uh, we've got the same problems in Australia. You know, in many ways. And um, I'm not going to get in this area, but, you know, no one knows your history. Um, the only thing you know about us really is we're talking about movies. Um, <laughs> and, 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 well um, done. Good segue. And, um, yeah, exactly. I, um, and so if I, did, if I did upset anyone, I do apologise. Um, and I'm just about admitted to dig a hole in the backyard. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone get upset. We'll be okay. It won't be uh, very big because it's, I'm not very tall. Um, the um, I think American Pie is one of those movies. I like that young girl. That's Bigsy's girlfriend. I think there's something special. Alison about- Hannigan from How I yes. Met Your Mother. Yeah, she's yeah. wonderful. She's yeah. so <laughs> charming in that film. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the plot twist that she's actually somewhat of a deviant is very funny. She can't help that, but that's what makes yeah. her perfect. Um, and the thing is that um, we've got people in life like that, mm. you know, so it's nothing surprising. Um, and that character becomes, a, you know, gets translate, uh, which is the one they do the nudie run. Um, is that three? I think, oh, now, you, now you're testing me. Yeah. It could be, it could be three. I think it is because I think it's, I think it's part of the bachelor party. Oh, um, I, think you're right. I think it's three. I think it's part of the bachelor. I, I think it's been a long time. I would say it's been easily 10 years since I've watched American it's Pie. A, it's a, look, it's, a, but it was probably funny all the time. Mm. But, um, some people take a bit longer to see it, the funny side. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's worth a watch because I think if you look at the series, um, and you will, because you got the, the mum that's chasing the, the kid. Stifler's mum. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge. I forgot. I was, I was waiting for Stifler to come up. I completely forgot about Stifler's mum. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, that's that's so funny. She's great. She's really, really yeah. funny. Um, yeah, that's... A <laughs> I don't know how I forgot about it. I don't know how you forgot about it. Yeah. It's, it's such a great cast. You know, you've got Eddie K. Thomas, you've got um, Chris Klein, you've got Mina, Mina Savari. Um, you've got a great cast. Tara Reid, like, it's such a great cast. Um, well, I, I, yeah, apologies to Jennifer Coolidge for forgetting she was in. Uh, Sean William Scott, who plays Stifler. I, it's, apologies to Jennifer Coolidge. I won't forget you again. Um <laughs> Well, you you set the tone nice and early. Like that is the definition of what we're talking about tonight, American Pie. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, well there mine. Is a, uh, sorry, there, there is an article in a, uh, a review, and it says American Pie is a hilarious movie, but also has some redeeming value. Um, but since no one cares about that, just go and see it, and don't mind a lot of nasty humour. Yeah. <laughs> And that pretty much sums. <sighs> it's crazy yeah. how big it's crazy how big that film was because that film that movie came out when I was in grade six, and yeah. like there were people in school talking about it. And I don't think they'd seen it. Um, but, they may have, you know, they, you know, they may have. We had some pretty like relaxed parents at that school. Um, they may <laughs> have, but like it was so big that it infiltrated primary school. Um, yeah, it was like the the relaunch of that kind that whole genre because before that, maybe the biggest film was um, there's something about Mary, which is yeah. also wonderful. But this, yeah, this is really um, at the dawn of your experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's yeah, it's a bit before my time. Like my time is probably more. <laughs> so my number five. Um, I'm going a little bit early. I'm going 80s. Um, I'm going with the Last American Virgin. Do you know this one? Yes. Yeah, great movie. Um, created by Canon Films, who were a big student in the 80s, and they kind of took every popular movie and made cheap remakes of them, basically. Um, it's a remake of an Israeli film called Lemon Popsicle, and basically it's it's very similar to American Pie. It's about a bunch of guys who want to, you know, lose their virginity before they graduate so they're not the last, you know. The four, last... four boys? Three boys, I think, in this Three one. And there's a very popular, uh, very famous again. Like actually, American Pie probably borrowed from this because it's a very famous scene where they get seduced by an older woman. There's an older woman, <laughs> and they go to her apartment. Um, but what I like about it um, is it's very grounded, like in in certain ways. Like the three best friends, like they're best friends until it comes to competing for a woman, and then it's every man for themselves. And like one of the guys is you know, definitely like a lot more handsome than the other two. And he's also kind of um, a bit cocky and like, he doesn't like, he doesn't care maybe as much about his friends as you think he does. He think, you know, they think he does. Um, but also like addresses some real issues. Like you get teen pregnancy and abortion, like, which you would never see in a, you know, in a movie today um, in a teen comedy, like in a teenage comedy, you would not see teen pregnancy and abortion. Um, and it has an unhappy ending. You know, it ends up like at the end, so the you know one of the three guys gets this girl pregnant, um, and he's not going to look after. Her. He's not going to pay. He just ditches her basically. And our main character is like, "I'll look after you." He like sells all of his belongings, like pays for this abortion for her, and he takes her back to like his grandma's house. He's looking after her, and he's like, "You know, when you have time, look, I just want you to you know heal. And when you're feeling better, you know, how about I take you out for a milkshake or something like that?" Um, and she's like, "Yeah, I'd really like that." Five minutes later, they go to a party and she's back with the guy that got her pregnant. And the the, the closing credits of this film is our main character driving, crying. Like, if that isn't realistic, I don't know what is. 
Um, it's very much a product of its time. Like for young, I don't think we have a lot of younger listeners. I think most listeners are around my age, maybe a little bit younger. But if you're not used to like, like if you think American Pie is triggering, this film is far more triggering than American Pie. Um, but it's really wonderful. It's a great teen film. Um, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend. I highly recommend it. It's yeah, it probably kind of falls in the same place as like Porky's. It's probably like similar in terms to it. it's like a uh-huh. Porky's film, um, or um, or some other teen movies that are on my list for a little bit later. But I uh, highly recommend Last American Version. There's some great stuff on Channel Two. Mm. Uh, with I, I I didn't take any notes, but um, particularly where you've got single women, um, you know, making decisions about pregnancy or or abortion and all these sort of things. And, you know, I think in many ways it's sad that it's on Channel 2 because most of the people who probably would learn something or be would have the, um, the tools to make some decisions uh, probably don't watch too much of Channel 2 and yeah. I hope they- does watch a lot of it you that I haven't singled you out or whatever. Uh, I hardly ever watch Channel 2, um, but I watch a heck of a lot of it now uh, because some of the messages are great. That's fine. Sorry, Jack. That's okay. Um, yeah, look, I'll be honest, This is that's not the last film on my list that has abortion in it. There's more. There's more. Uh, what is, uh, what's number four on your list? Well, I'm going to take it out of order. That's okay. Um, I'm going to give you some scenarios. Okay. Um, and I want you to just think if you can tell me what the movie is. Sure. I like this. I, I dig this. This is very different, but I like it. Sex scenes. Okay. Well, that could be any film on any of our lists. Go on. Punched in the face. Mm. Nudity. I mean, I guess that would go with sex scenes. Um, sure. Um, go on. I'll, I'll take one more. I've got an idea, but I also did see a list before. But I'll go one more. Um, vile nudity. Mm. Okay, go on. Dancing. Is it Animal House? Correct. Yeah, cool. I thought it might be Animal House. Um, I, the, the one thing that I didn't say straight away was, Toga party. Yeah, Toga or Zit. <laughs> what are you? I'm a, oh, I just <laughs> squished my microphone. I'm a Zit. Um, zit. What, a, what a classic uh, oh. comedy from the 70s? Is it 70? Yep. Yeah, because Blues Brothers is what, like 80? And it's before Blues Brothers because it's a very early John Belushi appearance. Um, great college teen movie for sure. And this is what... Uh, sets America apart to Australia is that uh, they have uh, so, uh, they have um, their own little groups. What do you call them? Like fraternities and sororities. Yeah, yeah. The um, college experience in America is very different to the Australian yeah, university experience. There's so much, and that's what's part of it's really good. I mean, because sometimes it's not that good. Um, people get hurt, but at the other side of it is that it does set it apart so um, you've got something that you can work from where in Australia you'd be lucky to work, you know, okay, 
all the six formers just go over there. We're going to have a little castle. <laughs> you know? I'll show you how to do it, and then I'll have a heart attack. Um, so, so um, these things got out of hand very quickly. Um, but this one just goes beyond all, you know. The, I think probably the one thing I always remember is the ladder. Yep. I knew and, you were going to say the ladder. And, and the, the eyebrows to the window. <laughs> yeah, it shakes, shakes the ladder across in front of the window so I can have a look. Again, like... Again, like problematic in today's era, like because he's a peeping tom, he's perving yeah. on women through the window. But it, like, it is funny. Like it's it, like, and it was anyone else would struggle, you know, to get away with it. But it's it's John Belushi, and he makes it work. Um, well, but that's not much different because they've got in other areas where they're doing stuff, and they've got peepholes into the girls' shower. You know, I can't think of the the, the movie. It'll be one of Porky's. Them. It was Porky's. Porky's uh, was the it? girls are looking into the men's shower. I, I think oh. the girls, no, the boys look into the girl's shower because, yep, yeah, I know, yeah, but we won't go into details. What happens next? Uh, but, yeah. Um, but in some way, even though that's, you know, it's it, it's been approved because people are doing it, you know, but in some way it, it, it puts a sense of humour into an experience that a lot of people don't have. Mm. I'm not saying the experience should be going ahead, but you know what I mean? Like, mm. naked bodies can be quite strange for people who've never seen them. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it if, does. I don't, don't want to get my tongue tied. But the thing is that, um, so when you see John Belushi, the size he is, jumping across the windows, and that just makes you laugh. There's yeah, it is funny, and that's what and, it's not. It's not the fact that he's perving on a woman that's funny. It's the lengths he will go to, like the yeah. the the creativity he's trying to put into it that makes it funny. It's yeah, yeah. it's not that like, and that's what, what I think. Like you need to like people need to understand is like it's no, yeah. and also like he gets his comeuppance almost immediately. It's not like he's perving on girls and he gets away with it, and you know like he's yeah. won won them over, like. It's it, what's funny is like he's constructed this elaborate plan just to see someone shirtless for a, a second, and then yeah. he ends up falling off the ladder and like injuring himself. Like, yeah, um, it's quite a funny scene. It's John Belushi, sadly, um, is uh, his brother was never like him, just never had um, the, the comedic style, but this poor man, uh. It just he had so much to offer, mm. and um, and he brought along a lot of people with him, you, you know. Once again, with the SNL, because um, it was a team. It was a group yeah. of people who had he had an enormous amount of skill. He had timing. I read somewhere. Where we're talking about, and um, and I think Matthew Perry falls along this line, um, where Belushi would go into a scene, and and I remember there's something from um, the director saying, 
just let him go and film it. Yeah. Um, when they're talking about Belushi, and uh, that was in the um, in the the canteen scene where he's packing up all the food on the yeah. trays, and that sort of <laughs> stuff, you know. And that was all at, at lib. And someone who's actually seeing something in front of him and turns it into a tool, mm. and it's one of the biggest parts of the show. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there there are people who can do it. I did it once. Can I tell you this a little story? Tell me a story. I, I was in a camp up in uh, near Dalesford, and um, with uh, a young youth group, not Dalesford, Rochester. Think of it, and it was the last day, and it was just all the these are young, these are older people, as in youth, and uh, it was the last. Time, you know, time we're going to get together, and we just did this running sketch where we had on the stage we were doing all these different things and sliding across tables, and another person come up and do something else, and it went on for about twenty minutes, mm. and uh, and people thought it was extremely funny until one of us got hurt. But um, <laughs> That's the, the way it um, goes. But I think um, anything that you do that has an impact on another person is an art form. Mm. And um, and you should never lose the, the art of particularly humorous in having people laugh because it'll make them feel good. Even at your mm. own expense of getting hurt is it yep. makes them feel good. And that's the one thing. I mean, John Belushi probably hurt himself more than anyone else, but at the end of the day, still watching movies that he made and still yeah. laugh and um and even though there was a good group behind him, uh, just nowhere near that. Never, never, ever anywhere near that. It's just he was so eccentric. And, yeah. like, and unfortunately, like, what probably led to his ultimate, you know, kind of untimely death is he was so eccentric and unpredictable and mm. a, a very much a wild card. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, very funny in that movie. Funny in all of his movies. Like, everything he's been in, he's great in. Um, <laughs> the whole time you're talking, I just kept thinking about Samurai Delicatessen, <laughs> uh, where he's going around making sandwiches with a samurai. Yeah, so good. Um, but yeah, um, uh, Animal House, definitely worth a watch. Very much of that era of uh, films that kind of fall under the snobs versus the slobs genre. So if you've seen uh, Stripes or, or Caddyshack, um, they all kind of fall under that same umbrella, that same kind of genre of comedy. Uh, but Animal House, very, very good. Um, which brings me to my number four. We've still got six more movies to talk about. Um, we talked about scary movie before and how, like, it's, it's a satire. It's a bit of a spoof of yeah. movies. Um, and I was saying how that post-Naked Gun, they really didn't do it too well anymore. But there is a film from the 2000s I really do enjoy. I think it's a great teen comedy. It's also a parody of all teen comedies, um, and that's not another teen movie, um, oh. which I don't know. I mean, from that... that, that, that yeah. yeah, got Randy Quaid in it, um, who's <laughs> it's insane. Um, but it's just a mashup of, of yeah, it's just a mashup of kind of sketches, k- kind of based on like all the John Hughes comedies and American Pie to a certain extent. Yeah. There's a great scene, like it's obviously filthy, like it's full of like like blue jokes and and that. But there's a really great jo- one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie is these three young guys who are kind of meant to like the American Pie guys. They're like, all right, 
road trip. Let's get in the car and go. And they get in the car, they hit the pedal, and then like the party's just two houses down the block, uh, which I thought was very <laughs> funny. Um, there's a great musical number. Um, has Chris Evans in it. it? Was his first big role? Chris Evans, who went on to play Captain America. Yeah, um, yeah he's in it. Um, it's just, it's really silly. Uh, but every time I watch it, I only I watched it a couple of years ago, um, and it still cracked me up. I think it's so funny. I've um, got to say something, James. Go because I'm thinking. Okay. Strange. Um, we talk about. Um, Show's been really silly mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. At the end of the day, um, a lot of people can't see the funny, funny side of it because it's because it's stupid. That's the, the point. Tr- the point is it's stupid. That's it's the meant point. to be. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. What you've got to understand is just just go with it. Go with yeah. the flow, you know. It's um, because it's funny and, it's, and, and it'll, you know, if you're feeling depressed and whatever, I'll let you tell you. You'll crack you out of it. <laughs> we were talking, Tina and I were talking the other day about Monty Python. Yeah. Um, because that's something that people either love or hate. Because yep. if you if you can appreciate the silliness of it, like that's the thing, like people don't understand the genius of that show and those Bring movies. Out your well, my favorite sketch of all time is the self-defense class. Where they go to to self defense and George, uh, John Cleese is teaching them how to defend themselves against pieces of fruit. Yep. Like that's that's the premise of the sketch, and he gets so angry. And there's nothing funnier in the world than angry John Cleese. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. But that's the point. Um, or like the guy playing three blind mice with hammers and mice. Um, <laughs> like it's just. Um, but going back to not another team movie, it really dumb, like like really like really really dumb movie. Like again, it, it parodies all those those teenage movies, like about guys trying to get laid and, and lose their virginity before high school. Um, they've got the inter- the international exchange student who's just naked the entire film, and like there's a running gag where the subtitles go around her breasts, yeah. so that you never so they're never obscured obscured during the film. Like such a dumb visual joke, but very funny. Um, Again, I probably wouldn't say it's as offensive as oh, actually, it's no, it's probably more offensive than anything else we've spoken about so far. It's pretty offensive, um, but if you've got a good sense of humor and you can take a you know a joke, it's definitely worth a watch. Correct. I remember seeing that when I was. I don't think I was. I think I was. I think I was in fifteen. I think I managed to sneak that one before I turned. I think I was fourteen when I watched that one with mm-hmm. uh, with, with my buddies, and uh, we had a grand old time with that one. Very very silly. Number Sorry. three. Number three. We've done number three? We're up to number three now. We've done we've done two each. Okay. He's thinking about his list, guys, don't worry. We've done Animal House. The, I think, because um, the guys in these movies sort of cross over to other movies, you find out in uh, anything that's um, 
army or military related. I know where we're going. <laughs> so I had to work out which one. I can always, all I ever see is John Candy going. Do you know what movie that was, James? Is it Stripes? Yeah. I always think of John Candy mud wrestling. That's what I yeah. think of. Yeah. yeah. He um he just went crazy. He jumped in the mud and just went boing and, and that was it. Um once again, again another high quality movie. Um Bill Murray, uh taking the lead in that one. And I'm yeah. trying to think, is it oh my goodness. Um John Candy. No, John yeah, John Candy, but there's another one. I'm trying to think of his name. It's um he played Spangler in Ghostbusters. Um, what's his name? Oh my goodness! Um, how how was it Howard? Someone? Oh, Harold. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. <laughs> Harold Ramis. Yes. Um, he was the other one in it. Um, Harold Ramis, by the way, maybe the most underrated in all of these companies. People always gravitate towards Ackroyd um, yeah. and Bill Murray, uh, but Harold Ramis is genius in all of these movies. And you're right because what happens is that. Um, his name's not one that you uh, have on the tip of your tongue. It sort of goes, Bill Murray. But this is one of those ones which, you know, you sit there and you're going, um, there's nothing for them. They don't want to be in the the army. Mm. Um, And uh, they've got to find something to do because they're bored. And... uh, (laughs) This is how the art, and I feel sorry for the the American army. <laughs> if you got these guys on board, you'd be punching their head out. But the um, they just get lost in they're not going to do anything, and then they they get joined up in the army, and um, and then it all happens. There's similarities between that and the other one, um, but this one I think. Um, Whilst there's some similarities, I think in sometimes this one's probably a better quality one. Yep. Um, and um, you know the story doesn't get dragged out, and yeah, well, it does. But um, it's they've had to get John uh, John Candy into the the into the the pool of mud to get anything get the boot get the boobs free. Yeah. Because otherwise, the show would have had them out in about five seconds, and the show's finished. But you know, the, the storylines that go through with it, and and um, this this only storyline was this was to make the guys look like they actually did something. And um, the platoon succeeds in time of romance. Two pretty female MPs, Stella, PJ Sales, and Louise, which should have been. Who was Louise? The other girl. Um, I just, I think it's so funny because when you're like, you're saying, oh, they didn't like their job, so I went to join the army. I was like, that doesn't sound right. What's this movie? And then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, no, that is the premise of the movie. I forgot. They just, (laughs) they don't like their job, so they join the army. (laughs) um, And that's what you like. And it's so funny, like, the comedies in the 80s um, in particular were so elaborate. Like, it wasn't, like, all the movies we talked about so far, like, particularly like American Pie. Um, Animal House, Last American Version. So, like, hey, they're boys and they go to school. And yeah. that's the premise. But, like, these 80s ones, is like, these are guys who go, like, 
yes, it's you know, it's a like a raunchy comedy, but they're also going to fight in a war, uh, yeah. or you know, they're going to take down a country club on a golf course, or they're going <laughs> to fight ghosts. Like, <laughs> why are they so ridiculously elaborate? Um, and it's the charm of those movies for sure. <laughs> and I think like any of these movies are worthwhile watching um, if you're adults. Um, you know, it, it, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term, but you can make up your mind if you don't want to watch it, chuck it in the bin. But if you want to see comedy done mm. by, by people who know what they're doing, it just kills you. It really yeah. does. Um, th- any of these movies in, during that period, um, you know, the, the people that were in these movies are, are people like, what's the guy of the, uh, that, that's the golfer? Um, in that movie. Do you know what I'm talking about, James? He's a millionaire and he drives around on the course in his his Rolls Royce. Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Wait, in Caddyshack? Are you talking about Caddyshack? Rodney Dangerfield? Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, he's great. He's so good. What's his real name? Oh, yeah, Rodney. And and he's he's just just the right character for that. And, you know... They always had a habit, and that's why they kept on being in the shows because they they got a link. It's a bit like um, John Candy, mm. you know, um, the one that he did with, uh, you know, the family didn't want him because he was a bit of a, an outsider, um, and the daughter, the the uh, the niece, wasn't too fond of him, but he was, you know, he he had a girlfriend and she didn't like him and all this sort of stuff. That was Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck, yeah. Mm. That was a sad movie. I haven't seen Uncle Buck in, I would say, almost 20 years. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen Uncle, well, Uncle Buck. All right. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to say, like, not deliberately. I just, I don't have, I don't have it. I don't have access to it. So I haven't watched it. Haven't you? Um, yeah. I'm sure I, yeah, I can get it again. Um, <clears throat> for sure. I just haven't got around well, to it. It was amazing because I wanted to do uh, Stripes. Uh, and I didn't have a copy, and all of a sudden it's on Sa- Sam. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, excellent. So maybe I'm doing psych- uh, uh, psychopathic. Is that cool? <laughs> um, no. No. <laughs> no. Psychic. I look. It's. I'm. Very, I'm so tired. Like, I, I apologize to the audience if I seem low energy. I've. I've worked. A, I just went well, full time this week. Off, James. Yeah, but I also just went full time again, so I'm not used to working extra hours. Um, that's a great number three. My number three uh, is, oh, is it 2007 it came out? I think it's 2007. Uh, it's Superbad. Oh, okay. Superbad is a, oh, it's, first, it, look, first of all, it's very long. It's a very long episode. Like, Judd Apatow does not make short comedies. He makes like, two-hour comedies. But it is maybe one of the funniest films I've ever seen in my life. Um, and this is part of that new wave of te- kind of teen comedies where, um, your guys kind of like chasing after girls are not muscle heads. They're not like tough boys. They're they're not even you know they're not even the guys from American Pie. They're less than exceptional. Um, it this film introduced the world to Jonah Hill. Um, we'd seen Michael Sarah previously in Arrested Development. It introduced the world to Emma Stone, who's really funny in it. Is that right? Emma Stone's first real, uh, first major film was uh, Superbad. Um, we get Seth Rogen and Bill Hader as the cops. Uh, we get Christopher Mintz-Plasse as McLovin. 
um, who is fantastic. Um, and it's just, it's just like, it's an epic. All it is is two guys want to go to a party and drink with these girls they like and maybe, you know, get some action. And at the very start of the movie or the very start of their journey, like things go wrong and they have to do this like hours long trek just to get from the liquor store to a party. And it's so funny. Um, and as a film, like, like most of those movies, it's very driven by dialogue, but very driven by improv as well, where the guys just made up jokes on the spot. Um, and it's just hilarious. Um, it's going to be very hard for me to quote this film because it's so dirty. Um, but there's a great scene where Jonah Hill's talking about how he got banned um, from eating all uh, phallic foods because he was obsessed with drawing penises as a child to the point where his family thought there was something wrong with him. Um, Probably is. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's so funny. Yeah. And, like, both the boys, while they talk a, good ga- talk a big game, um, end up being quite sweet, um, you know, with, with the girls, you know, and get a chance to actually start dating as opposed to just, you know, conquering, you know, having the kind of sexual conquest. It's all about them trying to start a relationship and get a high school girlfriend and things like that. Um, so whilst it is very dirty and very funny, it also is very sweet as well. Um, I'm sure most people listening have seen Superbad, but if not, get on it. It, I, You'd be hard-pressed not to laugh. Like, it's so, so funny. Um, and just seeing these poor boys, like, endure the chaos of the night just trying to catch up with these two girls uh is very very amusing i don't know if you've seen seen super bad i'm not sure i I thought i had um look i would i would have said it's not really your kind of film but you just told me you'd seen not another teen movie and last american virgin so if you've seen those like you can definitely watch super bad oh I guess there's a situation. I can't find a paperwork for the next. What was I going to talk about? Don't go away. The, um... Well, I know you've got an 80s movie. Um, actually... so we've got Animal House and. Well, there's one. Um... About two teenage boys trying to create a woman. Um, I've given oh, yeah, that no, no, I'll have a crack at that another time. Oh, you're yeah. taking that off now? No worries. Yeah, okay. taking that off. He, um, be quiet. He, um, so, Uncle Buck, I'm not doing. Yep. Okay, so Talking I don't know about. the last two then because I knew Weird Science and Uncle Buck were on your list, but you've changed it. So I don't know what your last two are. Yeah, I think I've changed it. American Pie, we've done. Weird science I'm not doing. Um, and, but, Animal House we've done. Ooh. It's all right up here. Um, Dad is reading his notes. I'm reading uh, my notes. I like that you prepared notes for the episode. You put the work in. I didn't even write notes. Oh, yeah. I just wrote down my list. Well, I well, I do have a, a bit of a memory problem. Um, I got to the right house tonight, so that was good. Hey, that's always a win. 
Yeah. Well, it could be a win the other way. He, um, now, where are we? Goodness gracious me. Do you want to go ahead? As I said, you want me to go? Okay. Uh, my number two is a movie I only watched. Number the two? Film. Oh. Yeah, we've got, we got two left. So I've got, yeah. Okay. You want me to go? Yep. Cool. Uh, so my number two is a movie I only watched, only came out a couple of years ago. It's the newest movie on my list. Um, but I was blown away with how funny it was. Um, but not only how funny it was, how again, how kind of sweet-natured it was. The movie made me cry at the end. I was not expecting this. It's the only film on the list I can say made me cry. Um, it's very much American Pie, but with a bit of a twist. Um, so it's the same premise. We have three teenagers who are looking to uh, lose their virginity before they go to college. But instead of, th- instead of uh, being boys, it's three girls, and the movie is called Blockers. Um, and basically, it's about three girls going, have you seen this one? Blockers made something to me, but, you know, this is like the midnights when I'm falling asleep. No, that's okay. It, like, you would dig this one. This is a really good movie. Really, really funny. Um, so about three girls who want to lose their virginity on the night of their prom. Um, but what happens is as they're traveling to prom, their parents come across their text chat and find out what they're trying to do. And so the parents then spend the entire night chasing their teenage girls I've around town. It. Trying yeah. to stop. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, you got Catherine Newton leading the charges as the main teenage girl. Leslie Mann plays her mother, John Cena, who's really funny. Um, John Cena comes from the wrestling world, and like when he started yeah. acting, I was like, oh, another wrestler acting. Okay, maybe like yeah. I would say as entertaining as The Rock, maybe more entertaining than The Rock. Like I think he's really, really entertaining. Um, and then Ike Barinholtz, who's been in a bunch of stuff, but he plays. Um, kind of like an estranged father and he's he's the only one who's kind of like hey maybe it's okay they want to do this like why are we trying to stop them doing stuff that we did when we were kids um again it's a little bit like super bad where it's a bit of a road trip movie where they're constantly trying to travel from location to location but every situation is very very funny um and it's very the one thing i like about it that i think a lot of the movies on this list fail to do or not fail to do but just it was a different time, so it wasn't as important. It's a very sex-positive movie. Um, it's very much about, like, hey, like, sex is nothing to fear. Like, it's okay to talk about it as a teenager. It's okay to be interested in it. It's okay to do it. Like, as long as you're safe, as long as, you know, you're, you know, you're looking after yourself. It doesn't need to be true love, but it should be with someone who you like at least. Um, yeah, not Stiffler's mother. What was that? <laughs> no, it's not Stiffler's mom. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, it's very sex positive. And I like that it's – I know that, like, some people feel that the gender swapping thing is going on too much. I think it's a much more interesting premise having it be three girls because you so rarely get teen sex comedies where girls are the lead. Um, there was another movie that came out around the same time. It's called um, Booksmart. But for my money, Blockers is is the, the, the champion there. Um, I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, Dad, you've just sent me a link to every 2000s teen movie. <laughs> Not another teen movie. Not another teen movie. That was on your list, was it? No, I just found it. I thought you liked the video. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well done. Um, 100% recommend Blockers. Um, I think it's it's great. And uh, 
Definitely the most, yeah, I would say definitely the most sex-positive film on the list, on both of our lists at this stage, I would say, really really worth watching. Um, did you find your other movies? Well, what I was going to say was that there was one I was going to do, which was um, um, uh, something in Kuma. Oh, Harold and Kuma go to White Castle? Yeah, but I'm not doing that. That's going to spend the rest of the episode talking about movies he was going to do, but he's not going to. I thought about Harold and Kumar briefly as well, because I, I quite like that movie, but I haven't seen that one in like 15 years, so I could not oh. tell you. I've seen it once, and I could not tell you anything about it. I think the thing that I liked about that was that they just get themselves into a whole heap of trouble, and it really typifies kids at that age. Mm. They don't sit out to get into trouble, but they can't do anything else. It's just automatic What was great about that movie as well was in a time where we were getting, you know, a slew of these kind of movies, this was the only film where your two leads were not, you know, white men. Exactly. Which was, you know, was very very fresh and progressive um, and very, very – like both, you know, Cal Penn and – is it Harold Cho? I think it's Harold Cho. I should – no, it can't be because the – no, John Cho – Oh my goodness, the movie's called Harold. He plays Harold. Um, yeah, John Cho, like both of them very, very funny as well. So um, and had and had been in other teen comedies leading up to it. So John Cho, I, I believe, was in the American Pie films. And um Cal Penn had been in um the Van Wilder movies. Van Wilder also a great teen comedy, um, which is not on my list, but very, very funny, and was the big debut of Ryan Reynolds. So I I was trying to slip in for whatever uh, valid reason it was um, uh, love and other drugs. Um, yeah, that's not getting on. I mean, you can talk about it. it's a great movie. I don't think it pulls under the branch of teen comedy uh, nah, or coming nah. of age. <laughs> no, I know. Can I talk about it, Dakota Johnson? No. <laughs> he, um, Did you find your movies? No, I got sidetracked. Um, I gave you. Um, um, I can't work it out. What have I done? That's bizarre. Where are you looking, Dad? Are you looking on your phone? Yeah. Oh, you can't see because you're at the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. And listeners know I don't edit my shows, so you get to enjoy all of this searching. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just. This, this is real. This is uh, this is candor at its finest. Absolutely, and, and, and um, we've had some good stuff tonight, James. <laughs> does sure anyone have? does anyone agree? No, sorry, mate. You can get on your bike and ride it very, very fast down the hill. Okay. Sorry. Just in a little time warp. Um, yeah, when he when he's thinking, he slips into accents. It's better than slipping into me naughty. The, um... It would be appropriate for tonight's episode. <laughs> uh, now, let me just bear with me. There's a bear in there. Um, Facebook, what do I want? Try here. Isn't it funny how you, I was so organised 
This has happened to me before. They're not going to believe you. They're going to be like, okay, sure. <laughs> I believe well, you. I know you're organized. I saw all your notes before. Um, well, and you sent me five, four movies last night. So I know you were organized, but you did it change on me. So I don't know what these movies are. So I can't even help you out with them. Okay. I feel like I need to talk just to keep the dead air. From yeah, <laughs> I'll just interrupt you. Um, do you want to, uh, you know what? I'll just pause it. That's okay. I'll pause the recording. All right. He's found his list. Or he's at least found his next one. Dad, what is your number two movie? What's my number two? Yep. I, I love this. I love it for everything that's politically incorrect. Um, ben, like Beckham. Um, really great teen movie, and it's. It, I think it's probably the the uh, tamest one on the list, but doesn't undercut at all. Like what a great teen film it is. Ben like Beckham is brilliant. Yeah, it's got. I think the thing that it's got is got. It's got. Um, it, it's culturally difficult at times, mm-hmm. um, and the young girl who plays um, the Indian. Jess? Yes, yep. uh, fabulous, absolutely fab- fabulous. Um, and, you know, you've got, you've got the parents. Yep. Dad who finally comes across. Um, you've got the, the pobby boyfriend. You've got the trip to Germany. Mm-hmm. All things happening. Um, and in the middle of it, uh, girls who want to play with soccer, a bit like the Matildas. Um, I think it's a great movie. I think it's great for girls. I think it's great for people who um, may find it difficult to, you know, James, when you were playing soccer and and Nick and Sarah, Mm. um, that was counterculture. That was every culture under the sun. And um, uh, in the the indoor uh, soccer, you had had the girls as well. I was just thinking the other day about... um, Claire Wheeler, you know, she had arms as long as you put, uh, nothing would get past her. She, she was, was very tall. Um, very. Yeah, that's that was our that was our trick when we played soccer. We played indoor soccer. We just got all our tall people to go in the goals because the goals are quite small. Um, I couldn't tell you how many times we watched Bend It Like Beckham as kids, but we watched oh. it a lot. Yeah, um, like I'm saying, dozens of times. Um, yeah. Very funny movie. Um, yeah, the family, but yeah, the, the the gooey center of that movie is that family, like that whole family dynamic, and what does it mean to you know honor your parents and you know represent your culture, but also be true to yourself. Yeah. Um, and how do you make and how do you juggle that 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 lifestyle? Like, um, yeah, really really well done because you know she's basically a girl who's the her whole purpose in life, according to her family, is to get married and have children. And yep. she wants to go to the states and play soccer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's the airport and catch no catch no boyfriend. He, um... Yeah, John Reese. Oh, I was gonna say John Reese Davies, but that, that, that's Salah from from um, from Indiana Jones. He's Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Uh, John, John <laughs> Jonathan Reese Myers. Um, yeah. They're two very different guys. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it had a, a profound effect on me as a child. Just. Again, like, because we, we played soccer, but you didn't really see it in media that much. Like, if you watched 
you know, SBS, you know, soccer was on all the time. But if you're watching TV and movies, it was always like any sport. If it was an Australian movie, it was AFL. And if it was an American film, it was American football. Um, but you never really saw soccer represented. Um, so, yeah, it had a profound effect on me. Um, and I don't know if you've watched it yet. I keep telling you to watch this movie, um, The Big Sick. Have you seen this one yet, The Big Sick? I don't think so. Okay, The Big Sick. Um, I always liken it to Bender Like Beckham because it's about um, a stand-up comedian played by Kamal Nanjani, the guy who mentioned before who was given oil massages with his butt. Um, <laughs> he plays – so it's about this uh, – this Pakistani um, comedian and uh, he lives in America and he falls in love with a white girl, um, an American girl, and she goes into a coma uh, right after they break up. But there's no one on her emergency contacts list uh, answering the phone except for him. So he has to look after until her parents can fly in. All the while he's hiding this relationship from his parents because they want him to be a traditional Pakistani man. Um, and the reason they broke up is that she found out that he'd had all these interviews with women for an arranged marriage. It's wonderful. Um, and I, yeah, I like it to Beckham, like Beckham because it's very much the same kind of theme about, you know, someone who's raised in a culture who is expected to be a, a certain kind of person based on yeah. their beliefs and them trying to blaze their own trail and the trouble it gets them in because they want to be themselves, but they can't be themselves around their family or around their friends because they've always got to kind of, navigate this tightrope it's wonderful really great film best romantic comedy i've ever seen like you got to get into the big sick it's so good um and very and yeah a lot like bender like beckham as well so yeah the, um yeah we swayed away from a lot of things the um yeah i don't there is a lot of stuff i was just going through something else that i wanted to have a chat about was you know juno juno yeah juno that's a great one yeah, he, um, but I haven't seen it for a while, so I don't know whether I'm in a position to be able to talk about it. Because I've only seen it once; it was a long time ago. Um, but great movie, great movie. Yeah, I'll read up on that because that's. Um, I know it was a great movie, but I, I'm just not, not quite there for that because um, I'd like to be able to talk a bit. No, oh, I always like to talk a bit. Oh, you talk too much. Oh, I know. <laughs> Just having an argument with myself. Have you found your number one? No, you do number one, James. All right, I'll do my number one. Um, this one is a movie I've talked about on the show before, but to me it is the definitive teen movie. I don't think teen movies get better than this. I don't think you get to movies like American Pie. I don't think you get to not another teen movie. I don't think you get to Superbad um, without this movie. It, to me it is the definitive teen movie, the ultimate kind of teen sex romp, and that's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. You've seen this one? No. Really? I that surprises so. me. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is like a quintessential teen movie from the 80s. Um, and I know some people are going to be like, what about Dazed and Confused? Yes, Dazed and Confused is wonderful. But um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is, for me, the ultimate teen movie. Um, it follow, it's, it's very similar in prim- – it's actually – it's funny. It came out the same time as Last American Virgin, and they're very similar – um, but this one leads in, leans into the humour a bit more, and whilst it's very grounded, there's some real things in there. Um, it's a little bit funnier. So you've got Sean Penn. It's one of Sean Penn's earliest roles, and it's the only time Sean Penn hasn't played like a serial killer. Um, he he's plays like this uh, this kind of surfer, this surfer kid with long blonde hair, um, and he's just always like getting high and eating in, in old, class. Sorry. How old? The movie or Sean Penn. No, no movie. 
Um, it's I, I want to say it's like 1982. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Sean Penn's in it. He's one of the characters. Judge Reinhold's in it. He plays the older brother, and he's about to graduate. Um, and he's working as a manager at like a McDonald's type restaurant. He's just trying to get by, um, you know, and you know, graduate, and then you know, buy a car and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's got Phoebe Cates, who is a staple of 80s films. She was in Gremlins. Um, she was in Drop Dead Fred, which I know is a 90s film, which is in that as well. Um, mm. She has a very famous scene in this movie. If you like nudity, uh, this uh, I think I think it has the record for the most paused moment in any VHS ever. Um, but she's also very fun, uh, very funny in the movie. Jennifer Jason Lee, it's one of her first roles as well. Um, and she falls in love with a boy and gets pregnant and then also has to have an abortion. This is my second abortion film for the, for the list. Um, and there are a couple – it's a huge cast. Like, and, like, I can't remember everyone's name, but, yeah, like, basically it's about this boy who works at a movie theater and he falls in love with Jennifer Jason Lee's character, but she's into older men. Um, and it is quite confronting because I think she's 15 in the movie. Like, the actress was in her 20s, but she's playing a 15-year-old, and I think she ends up hooking up with, like, a 20-year-old. Like, it's – but it was a different time. Like, that wasn't that weird in the 80s. Like, looking back, it's weird now. But in the 80s, it was quite common for girls to date older guys. Um, but can you it, remember? It is a little, it is a little creepy. Um, go on. Can you remember the last movie that Sean Penn played in? I haven't been tracking Sean Penn in a while. Like, I'm like, the it's last recent. thing. I, okay, so the last thing I saw him in was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, I reckon. So, And that was 10 years ago. But he's definitely been in stuff since then. So I don't know what the latest Sean Penn film is. Do you know? No, I, I can't remember. But it's right. recent. I just I'll wonder. Um, I he's, had a, he's had a bunch of stuff come out this this year, but like it's a lot of independent stuff. The last big thing he was in was Licorice Pizza, which was a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, no, no. Maybe it was Oppenheimer. No, he wasn't in Oppenheimer. No, I I just said that. Oh, Sean okay. <laughs> and really intelligent. I apologize for, for uh, reversing that on you. It wasn't that intelligent in the end. Oh. Uh, uh, but yeah, Last American, uh, not Last American, but Fast Times at Ridgemont High is to me the definitive teen movie. It's so fun. Um, it gets very real. Um, it's got a, a lovely little like romance story in it. It's got some teen drama, some teen angst. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it just, it, it, it holds the crown for me still after all this time. It's just a perfect teen film so fast times at Ridgemont high i talked about in my 80s list but i couldn't talk about teen movies and not talk about fast times it's great moxie oh i've seen moxie yeah that's good yeah it is good yeah i think i said to you you should watch that um and um it was one of those is this your number one yes oh wow okay yeah uh Now, what a cast. Amy, um, Patrick Swayze. No, sounds like it. Uh, No, no, it's Patrick Schwarzenegger, Arnold's Arnold's son. James was playing games. Well, I don't know because I can't even see you. Your phone's on the ground. (laughs) I don't know. Hello. (laughs) Uh, Was Amy Poehler in it? Is she the mum? Yes, she is. Yeah. It's one of those. I, I, at first, I sort of thought, "Oh, 
um, I don't know whether I'm going to, going to like it because I put based on the assumption of which of these characters do I detest. Um, and uh, But this was really good. It got a good rating too. Um, uh, it was a very divisive film because it came out around the time of the Me Too movement, which is a very important movement. Um, yeah. But I... It divided divide a lot of people, I think, because it was having a conversation about sexism. It was calling out, you know, poor male behavior. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the few films to really kind of, I don't want to say there are no films to me, but at the time it was one of the few films to be doing it so bluntly. And I think that rubbed a few people the wrong way. But it's a really well-made film. It, it's, it does get really funny. It does get confronting and heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really well-made film and a really well-told story. Yeah, Moxie's great. Yeah, I. Um, it, it's funny, uh, and the reason why I remember it because of the name. Um, it was something I, I watched not long ago, and mm. uh, and you sit there and you watch these things. I really need to take notes um, more of them. I mean, um, you. There's so much out there. I mean, the stuff that's available on, you know, the streaming channels, um, is extraordinary. Um, and um, and you sit there and you're thinking, oh, well, that was worth it. And I've been doing that for months, you know, the amount of things last week I was, you know, watching things. And the trouble is um, the the upper cranium is not quite as, as um, great, but, and I haven't done any of this for a little while, but, you know, and, and when you don't have your notes now. I'm just sort of reliving it. But that was one. Uh, you want to do another one, James? That's it. I've done, we've done That's our it. list. Our lists are done. Very good. That's it. Well, uh, I... we, we Look, I'll be honest. with If people like you guys sound tired, we are. It's after 10 o'clock. It's, it's been a long day for both of us. Yeah. And we definitely lost our steam a bit when we couldn't find our notes. But um, regardless... Two really good lists. Like, there are 10 wonderful movies here for you to watch. Um, and a lot of them are really, really funny, but there's some heart in there. There's some message in there. Like, if you want to celebrate um, coming-of-age stories and, and, and to, you know, those kind of bawdy comedies, you can't go wrong with any of these movies. There's two really strong lists. Um, do you have any final thoughts on the topic before we wrap things up, Dad? I was just going to say, um, sometimes, you know, um, people get offended by what they're watching because it's either the nudity or the language. I don't like bad language, and James knows that, and it's very clear because I think it takes away sometimes the overuse of language mm. is unnecessary. If it's you, you've got to be able to justify everything you do. And I remember once um, as a young person, which is a while ago, um, there was some censorship um, in, in an, an environment where. Um, I belonged, and um, the book was censored because of certain things. Now, um, I went and saw Ladies Ladies Chatterley's Lover. I remember Um, this, yeah. And one of the things that's really important is nothing that you see is unusual. Mm. At the end of the day, it's just in public, um, and you don't see you know, all that much. But at the end of the day, are you looking, you know, if you're going to get look at the the people, 
you take away to the story. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're an adult. I think it comes you back to what we were saying before. Like, was it funny? Like, is it funny? Yeah. Is it entertaining? And was anybody hurt? As long as it's yes, yes, no, then yeah. you can get away with a lot. Like, you don't yeah. want to hurt anyone. And I don't, I don't mean you don't want to offend anyone because being offended, like, being offended doesn't necessarily like, – you can be offended and it doesn't mean you're right or doesn't mean that, like, everyone else is wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you can be offended. But if no one was hurt by it, you know, it wasn't, like, a mean-spirited comment or it wasn't like the target of someone and, and called them out and made them feel bad, um, and it's funny and it's entertaining, you can get away with a lot. And that's the thing to remember with these movies is, like, yes, they're going to say some stuff that, you know, you might not like, you're going to say something you might not like, but if it's funny, then that's okay. No, well, I enjoyed tonight. I and and in saying that, that's a first time for months, and um, and I, I just felt that there's, you know, you you relieve you relive some of what is coming up, and you think, yeah, that was pretty good, you know. I don't want to see Stifler's mother. Um, <laughs> Poor Jennifer Coolidge, she's great. Uh, <laughs> he, um. But there's, you know, we're very fortunate to be able to see so much stuff and, uh, and you know, there was some of the things that are um, that made in Australia, um, you know, is astounding. Yeah, go check out number 96. That's if you take yeah. anything. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to get under your skin there. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's right next to uh, number 69, which is uh, the lower level. Anyway, you think <laughs> have I lost you? No, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> uh, excellent. Well, that's going to do it for this week's very bawdy, silly episode. But as I said before, silliness yeah. is part of the – that's the point. It's meant to be silly. Uh, thanks to Dad for coming back on. It's been a, it's, it's only been a few episodes he's been on, but it's nice to have him back and – Thank you for volunteering so quickly for such a silly, silly episode. Um, yep. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, if you're not following me online, you are missing out. So jump onto Instagram. I was a teenage film snob underscores between every single word. Uh, I post pretty regularly. Uh, I'm not watching as many movies at the moment this time of the year. I've watched 320 something. So I'm going to catch up on my TV shows now. Um, but I will be posting pretty regularly still. So look out for that. Um, if you like the show, go on to um, Spotify, go on to Apple Podcasts, write us a review, send us a like, a comment, something like that, just to let us know you're engaged. Uh, and why not send me your top five favorite films? I'd love to see them. Uh, if you would like to support this show financially, you can jump onto tpublic.com and search for I Was a Teenage Film Snob or jump into my links and buy a T-shirt. They cost like 20 bucks. Um, the, if you're a first-time buyer, it's 20% off, and almost none of the money goes to me. It's just about getting the word out. So go buy a nice, cool, comfy shirt designed by Josh Sacco, our very, very, very good friend of the show. Um, and that is going to do it. Did you want to say anything else before we wrap up, Dad? If you want me to uh, review uh, Bluey, that's okay. <laughs> I, I feel like there will be a Bluey episode at some point. <laughs> like I have seen <laughs> A lot of Bluey. Uh, you uh, could do it perfectly, James. <laughs> oh, that show is wonderful. Uh, right. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, we've got some very exciting stuff coming up next week. Uh, we should be hearing part two of our History of Magic episode with Tina. And then after that, I've got another U.S. guest, a very cool guest coming on, uh, which you'll hear more about as that, you know, that approaches. But until then, thank you all for listening. And as we say every single week on the show, show guys, I was a teenage film snob, but I'm trying to be better. We'll see you next week. <laughs>